Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Welcome to the third round of the playoffs, fellow Lions fans. I'm Dr. Jimmy Liao, University of Michigan Medical School grad, board certified in family medicine, here with your weekly Detroit Lions medical update, the conference championship edition. What a year it's been. We're entering our 20th game of the year. I don't know about you guys, but my stamina as a fan is being severely tested. I'm wheezing, I'm fatigued, my body aches, but like Frank Ragnow, like Sam Laporta, like Alex Anzalone, and like the rest of the Lions, I'm a gritty warrior, and I'm going to fight through it. Just like you guys at Ford Field who are fighting through it, as you guys set a new Ford Field decibel record. While I don't totally trust the scientific accuracy of the decibel meter, I'm sure you guys were damn loud. Today we're going to discuss some very important players, including Frank Ragnow, Jonah Jackson, Alex Anzalone, Brock Wright, James Houston, Khalif Raymond, and more. And on the Niners side, Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. We'll talk about all that next. We are back in the conference championship game. We were there in 1992 as well, even though we had only won one playoff game that year, as there were fewer playoff teams back then. Hopefully things go much better this time around. As always, if you're the intellectually curious type and want to see videos of all the Lions injuries for the year, I put them on my Twitter, at JimmyLiaoMD, last name is L-I-A-O. Go to my profile, click on the Highlights tab, and all the injuries this year should be there for easy perusing, including Debo Samuel. Starting with him, because this is the most critical injury unknown we have going into this game. Debo Samuel, what's going on with him? It's one of the most mysterious injuries to a key player that I've seen. We have limited info on the injury he suffered a few days ago against Green Bay, and also very limited injury on the shoulder injury he suffered in week six. So start with the Green Bay game from a few days ago. Hit in the left shoulder in the first quarter. He returned to the game for a few plays, did not get a target, and then left permanently. The video looked pretty benign. No significant trauma, but he did get slightly hit in that shoulder. Maybe an AC joint sprain the way he got hit. Earlier in the year, in week six versus the Browns, he hurt a shoulder, which was later diagnosed with a hairline fracture. No information on which actual bone was fractured. There are four bones in the shoulder area. The humerus, which is the arm bone, the acromion, the clavicle, which is the collarbone, and the scapula. Despite my best attempts, I could not find definitive confirmation of which shoulder was injured in week six, but I reviewed the video from that Browns game, and he landed on his left shoulder in the first quarter at the seven-minute mark. He returned to the game the next series, but had his left arm tucked into his body during that series, and he was clearly protecting it, and then he left the game permanently after that point. So I believe it is the same shoulder, the left shoulder, that he got hurt back in week six that he hurt a few days ago against Green Bay. So it could be just an aggravation of that injury, which is why such minimal trauma knocked him out of the Green Bay game. So how important is Debo to the Niners? Extremely important. When he plays 15% or fewer of the snaps, the Niners are 0-3 with losses to Cleveland, Minnesota, and Cincinnati. 
So the big question, is Debo going to play? Well, here's my take. I'm not sure it actually matters. There is something seriously wrong with that shoulder right now. If a benign, innocuous, minimally traumatic hit knocks him out of a playoff game. We're not talking about knocking him out of a regular season game. We're talking about a tight playoff game that they were on the verge of losing. And it's not like he got trucked in that shoulder like we saw with Bam Knight earlier in the year for us. So his shoulder is not going to be significantly better a week later. So even if Debo plays, any routine hit to that shoulder could knock him out of the game. Sort of reminds me of the Javid Best situation with his concussions, where by the end of his career, routine plays were giving him concussions. Just a simple fall to the ground gave him a concussion and ended his career. I'm sure the Lions are planning on hitting Debo hard early and often if he ends up playing in this game. Now keep an eye on the betting line for further signs of whether he might or might not play. The line opened at plus 6.5. Currently it's at plus 7, so the lines are 7-point underdogs. Debo's one of the few non-quarterbacks who could move the line noticeably. So if we see that line start moving down to the five range, that could suggest there's some inside information going on that Debo is not playing. All right, now let's move on to our Lions. Jonah Jackson left knee meniscus tear during the game. I suspect he got it hurt on the second drive early in the first quarter. It was on that play where he got held and the penalty was called on the Bucks. He got up with a slight limp. You can see that video on my Twitter. He ended up leaving the game in the second quarter about the eight-minute mark. So he played quite a few more snaps before leaving. The swelling probably got to the point where he just could not continue. During the game, it was reported he was using a heating pad on that left knee to keep things loose. The heating pad can help muscles stay loose and warm, but it can also increase the speed of swelling. Now, that doesn't mean they did anything wrong as the heating pad would not have caused worsening of the injury. So it was certainly worth a shot. Now, with the meniscus tear surgery, he should be back for the Super Bowl, even though he's going to be out this week. As discussed a couple episodes ago with the Ragnow meniscus surgery, it's a minimally invasive scope procedure. Very small incisions are necessary to enter the knee. As long as they didn't do a meniscus repair, which can take months to heal from, or they found anything unexpected like significant articular cartilage damage, then the recovery from a simple scope cleaning up meniscus surgery is very fast. Players can return like we saw with Rag now in a week and a half from that surgery. The Super Bowl is three weeks from Jonah Jackson's surgery, so good chance he could be back for that. Jonah's had a rough year this year as he's missed three games with a left high ankle sprain and two games with a wrist injury. He's an unrestricted free agent this offseason, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. These injuries may lower his price tag a bit and help us out if we're trying to re-sign him. Most of these injuries should heal up completely. That high ankle sprain should heal without an issue, and it mostly did. The meniscus tear he just had may increase the risk of degenerative knee issues down the road, but shouldn't be a major issue in the next few years of this near future. The wrist injury might be the most concerning for chronic long-term issues. No details on that actual injury. 
Hopefully it's just a simple sprain and not something like an arthritic issue, which would be a permanent deal for him. Another guy on the O-line that got hurt during the game was Frank Ragnow. We saw this a couple times. Second quarter, the one-minute mark, he got rolled up on from behind. Looked like possibly a left knee patella or quad tendon strain. Also possible MCL, medial collateral ligament sprain. Definitely had a left high ankle mechanism as well. The left knee was taped up after this play. He continued to play, did not miss a snap. In the third quarter, about the four-minute mark, a second injury, very similar. Rolled up, up, on again, this time from the left side. So a more clear left MCL sprain, and he also aggravated that left high ankle sprain as well. So two injuries in similar fashion. Did not miss a snap, though. Did play through it, so likely on the mild side. Now, he has had left knee issues earlier this year. He had a left knee meniscus surgery a couple months ago. So at this point, this leg is held together by the same duct tape and superglue that Sam Laporta got. After the game, it was confirmed both left knee and left ankle sprains. The good news is that these injuries are going to be fully healed by the start of next season. So not an issue there. But this season, he is going to have to tough it out. But we do have a bye week if we do get a win this Sunday. There's a question about could he retire from all these injuries? Seeing him struggle through the game, it does make you think. He does have three years remaining on his deal. He's a 28-year-old at the start of next season. He's already made $50 million in his career, according to Spotrack. Well, with the massive amount of money these guys make these days, you really only need to play two, three years on that second big contract to be set for life and beyond. We saw this with Calvin Johnson with the amount of money he made in his career. There was really not much financial necessity to continue to play. How many fishing boats does Ragnar really need? Another guy who got hurt was Josh Reynolds, who went down the fourth quarter, about the 14-minute mark, went to the locker room, returned, looked fine. Turns out that this was a rib injury, as we see on the official report today. Brock Wright broke out his patented New York Jets killing tight end play early in the game, went for 29 yards, but unfortunately, that's not the only thing he broke, as he broke his forearm in the fourth quarter about the 11-minute mark on the block. There was no video of the injury. He was placed on IR Wednesday, and Zach Ertz was signed on Monday to replace him, as well as to help replace James Mitchell, who was placed on IR earlier with a left-hand surgery. Guys who came into the game injured, Aiden Hutchinson, looks like he's fully recovered from his respiratory infection, probably a bronchitis or a sinusitis. He played 91% of snaps, which is his typical. Alex Anzalone was listed with shoulder ribs prior to this Bucks game. Looked good during the game, played 100% of snaps, did not see any aggravation during the game, no limitations. This Tuesday, yesterday, Dave Burkett reported that multiple rib fractures occurred during the Week 18 Vikings game and that the shoulder injury is an AC joint sprain. Interesting that Alex was not on the injury report leading into the Rams game, not with ribs, not with anything else. So everybody be quiet about it. Don't tell the NFL because we don't want to get in trouble here. And file this away as proof that you got to take all these official injury reports with a big grain of salt. 
Just because something is not listed on the report does not mean there's no injury. Alex has a history of chronic right shoulder problems. He's been wearing a right shoulder harness for years and has a right shoulder issue going all the way back to his college days. Another guy playing through injury is Sam Laporta. Second game back from the left knee hyperextension and bone bruise. Looked great this game against the Bucs. Very active. Looked good. See my podcast a couple weeks ago for more detailed discussion of his injury. Expect his burst to be hampered through the rest of the playoffs, but he'll be totally fine for next season. His burst did not look to be hampered that much against the Bucs, so he's looking to recover from this injury pretty darn well. Cam Sutton had a toe injury for the last couple weeks of the season, but he was off the report heading into the Bucs game, which was hopefully a good prognostic sign. He played 100% of snaps, which is his typical he made a couple of nice plays during the Bucks game, but didn't look significantly different from the past few weeks as he did have a few snaps, a few plays where he struggled. CJ GJ, third game back from his pec tear surgery, played 53% of snaps, which was significantly lower than Iffy and Kirby this game, but still a good amount. This means he'll have played five full games this year, which is great for him after getting an injury that is often a four-plus-month season ender. So happy that we made the playoffs so he could get in part of a season for him. Now, there's no surgical repair needed on his trash-talking game as he riled up Baker during the week and has already started this week on Debo Samuel. All right, now let's get to the official Wednesday injury report recording this Wednesday evening. Both teams had a walkthrough. Jonah Jackson with a knee, no practice as expected with his meniscus tear. He's going to be out this week, might be back for the Super Bowl. Laporta with a knee, no practice, which is slightly concerning, but he looked great during the Bucks game with no signs of aggravation, so he should be fine. Frank Ragnow with a no practice with an ankle, toe, knee, and back. He's officially set the NFL record for most number of body parts listed on the injury report. The only number more impressive this past week is the number of interviews Ben Johnson got for a head coaching job. He'll be fine for this week. No problems. Kali Freeman, no practice. That's a bad sign for his availability. Likely a right PCL sprain. Expect him to be out, but there's a chance he could be back for the Super Bowl. Alex Anzalone, on there with a shoulder and ribs with a limited practice. Looked just fine during the game. Limited practice is a good sign. He'll be fine and available for this week. Josh Reynolds also had the ribs. That's why he went down last game. But he returned and finished the game. He should be fine. He has a limited practice, which puts him on track to play. James Houston with his ankle, a full practice which is expected as this is his third straight week of full practices. As I've said before, full practice does not mean he's 100% and ready to play, so it's no sure thing that he will be available this week. He's coming off a severe right high ankle sprain with a fibular fracture, has missed four months already, so his effectiveness will definitely be a question if he returns. Now, News this past week on James Houston, he got put on the 53-man roster last week after his 21-day practice window ended. Julian O'Quara was waived, but then brought back on the practice squad. 
So there's a question, why was he put on the roster if he couldn't play? Number one, it allows him to continue practicing with the team, which helps him get ready for next year. He's an ERFA this offseason, which is an exclusive rights-free agent. So he'll be back with the team if the Lions want him, and I'm sure they do. Second reason is there's a chance he could be ready later in the playoffs, including this weekend against the Niners. I believe the Lions knew all along that there was a good chance he was not going to be ready by the time that 21-day practice window was over. But it was worth it, not just to keep hope alive for this year, but also to prepare him for next year. I think we should all be grateful that we got into the playoffs because it does give him a chance to come back this year, and it helped keep James Houston mentally focused and motivated for the rest of this year, which will get him ready for the offseason and next year. Now let's get to the 49ers. Their injury report looks pretty clean. The only guy who's in question is Debo. So starting from the top, Nick Bosa, no practice. Trent Williams, no practice. Both designated as a resting player. So they're fine for the game. Debo Samuel had a no practice. Again, as I discussed earlier, this is a somewhat mysterious injury. There's a lot of conflicting information out there about which shoulder is actually hurt but the video strongly suggests it's the left side that got injured in both the Green Bay game this past week and the Browns game from week six. You can see him cradle that left arm in the subsequent plays in both those games. A cartilage tear in his shoulder, a.k.a. a labral tear, is a possibility as to why this injury has lingered all year for him. The NP no practice is a bad sign for the Niners, but a good sign for the Lions. A limited practice in LP would have been optimistic news for this weekend, but the NP is more pessimistic. As it suggests, there's a decent chance he does not play, and even if he does play, he's nowhere close to being healed up. He may play very gingerly on it, he'll be afraid to take a hit, and any hit during the game could knock him permanently out of the game. Eric Armstead listed with a foot-knee full practice, so he'll be fine. Dre Greenlaw, Achilles full practice, he'll be fine. George Odom, biceps full practice. Ambry Thomas, hand full practice. So all those guys with a full practice on Wednesday obviously are going to be ready for this weekend. So guys who are not on the injury report for the Niners Christian McCaffrey, another guy like Debo who's critical to their success. He's been dealing with a calf strain the past few weeks. During the game against the Packers, his left thigh was getting heavily massaged by a trainer in the first quarter. He was also using a massage gun on himself to the hamstring area. So he's got a lot of leg muscle issues going on right now. Apparently that massaging is working very well as he looked great during the last game versus the Packers. The massaging is, in fact, so good that there's rumors that Deshaun Watson is trying to facilitate a trade to the Niners this offseason. Unless McCaffrey aggravates one of his many muscle strings during the game, I would expect him to perform at his usual elite self. Another guy who's not on the report is Cleveland Farrell, who got hurt week 18 and got put on IR. He plays about 40% of snaps and has three and a half sacks on the year. All right, so that's it as far as the injury report. Enjoy the game Sunday. The Niners are a very good, maybe even a great team, but so are we. Debo is going to be hampered if he plays at all. 
Brock Purdy, who I think is a very good quarterback, looked shaky last game against the Packers. So I want to see a game reminiscent of that 1992 playoff game against the Cowboys where we just dominated from start to finish. Thanks for listening and thanks for watching. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Yes. You've had enough of that shit.